0: And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum, and by Shewerton Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansurs on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're Out to Lunch with the editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge
1: style.
2: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. While New Orleans gets the lion's share of attention for being Louisiana's premier tourist destination, Baton Rouge has some offerings of its own, particularly downtown, where several new hotels have opened in recent years in an effort to make the market more attractive to leisure and business travelers. Is it enough? And what do we have to offer here to attract and entertain visitors and locals alike? Joining me today to discuss this is Michael Day, general manager of the Raising Canes River Center, which is Baton Rouge's premier event facility. Built in 1977, the River Center has more than 10,000 square meters of exhibition space, a 12,000 seat facility for concerts, performances, and sporting events, a ballroom and meeting rooms, and then a separate 1,200 seat fine arts theater, where the Baton Rouge Symphony Orchestra and the Baton Rouge Ballet perform, among others. In the fall of 2016, the River Center became the Raising Canes River Center when Raisin Canes bought the naming rights for the River Center for nearly four million dollars, a deal that was designed to help generate a little cash that could be used to help refurbish the center. Michael has been at the helm since 2015. He's come a long way since he got his start as a DJ on a cruise ship. No doubt one of the favorite jobs he's ever had. Michael, I hope this is as much fun as that was. We'll get into it. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you
1: Stephanie. Love it. It's a great place to have lunch, by the way.
2: Thanks. With me and Michael at the table is David Beard, who works right across the street from Michael at the USS Kidd Veterans Museum, where he is executive director. The Kidd is a World War II-era Fletcher-class destroyer ship that is one of Baton Rouge's best-known and unique tourist attractions. And David is unique in that he is the first full-time experienced museum curator to run the facility. And that's significant because he's bringing a whole new level of expertise to keeping this historical treasure afloat, figuratively, if not literally. David has spent the past two decades as a museum curator with a specialty in military and maritime museums. He is a native of Little Rock, Arkansas who previously ran military museums in Philadelphia and most recently the Museum of the Gulf Coast in Port Arthur, Texas. Davis, it's a pleasure to have you here with us today.
3: Real happy to be here and anything I can do to promote the kid and Baton Rouge is always a great opportunity.
2: We will let you. Well Michael, I'm gonna go back to you and start. I gotta ask you, you started out as a DJ on a luxury cruise line, worked your way up to cruise director, and eventually became entertainment director for one of the biggest luxury cruise lines in the world. It sounds very glamorous and fun compared to the River Center here, the Raising Cane's River Center here in Baton Rouge. Am I wrong? Well, you know,
1: <laughs> they each have their ups and downs. But, you know, yes, I do miss being out on the ocean. Uh, but, the, you know, the great thing about um, being here at the River Center is, uh, you know, when I came here, you uh, First thing I was really touched with is the great spirit of the people in Louisiana. Um, really, really fell in love with the people here. And the building itself is getting a little long in the tooth, uh, you know, in certain areas. And I really felt that a that a capital city like Baton Rouge um, needed to have a, a better, and I always use the term anchor for enrichment and entertainment. I guess that's my nautical background, but um, I really felt that there's so much work to be done here to to fix up this facility and, and, and make it uh, what a capital city should have. So I was excited about that opportunity, and I'm happy to be here.
2: And and the River Center, as I mentioned, has has undergone you know a, a big change in that it's now the Raising Canes River Center, and that's a little bit of money that comes with that to help towards these renovations. What is the significance of having, you know, a named sponsor now?
1: Yeah. Well, you know... Uh, in terms
2: of just the branding and the everything that comes yeah, with
1: it. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, when I first started out work on trying to get a naming rights partner, which is pretty common in the public facilities industry now. Um, but when I started that and I kind of put together, you know, a list, I'll, I'll tell you, it was 39 companies, I think, on the list. And if I, when I look at that list, I think if there was, you know, in the top three had to be Raising cage. Sure. And Todd... Uh, Graves is so uh, connected to this city and he really wants to help improve things for the city and the people and so he had that same spirit um, and we were able to put together this this licensing deal with them um, and it, it just raises the bar you know I think for the for the 40 full-time employees that I have and 450 part-time employees that I have you know there's a little pride when they say raising Kings River Center So um, that's a great thing. Now, the the naming rights for the Raising Canes River Center is the main complex only. So it's the arena, it's the exhibition hall, it's the ballroom, and it's the galleria, the multi-event part of the facility. Um, the performing arts theater actually is not
2: so part can, of that. So we can find another partner to, n- to name that and generate a little more money and I yes. want to talk to you in a minute about <laughs> what you're going to use that money for. But speaking of money, David, when you came here in 2016, I mean, one of the things you were tasked with and wanted to do was to make this facility sustainable long term and that involved more corporate sponsorships. You said, how are those efforts going? And, and in the time that you've been here, what have you been able to do for the kids?
3: Well, we're, we're, we're making some, uh, some strides, uh, you know, sort of baby steps. Uh, the uh, museum spent over 30 years not really pursuing any kind of, you know, corporate relationships with the community. They were just, and, like, behind the times. And, and they of. just, you know, had uh, you know, certain funds that they could always tap when they needed them. But I'm very much in favor of trying to make the kid, you know, a community asset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that means ownership. And that ownership comes through uh, you know, financial uh, support, and that's what I'm hoping to, to generate more and more uh, financial support for the kid. And
2: and you all have and you've put together exhibits for the museum, and you beefed up the museum side of it, not just the vessel itself.
3: Oh, certainly, yeah. And the one of the things is that uh, for so many years, the kid was kind of been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, and, and that's it. Oh, nothing ever changed. Once you toured the ship, you, toured you the saw ship, it, right? Yeah, nothing changed in the museum for for decades. And uh, that's just not what museums are supposed to do. So we are embarked on a program of uh, creating or borrowing uh, anywhere from one to three new exhibits every year so people will have a reason to come back. Wonderful.
2: And, And who are your visitors? I mean, is it mostly tourists? Is it locals? I know the Cub Scouts all do their sleepovers there. And you definitely get the school groups.
3: We get people from everywhere, all around the world. Of course, school groups uh, make a, a, a big part of our uh, visitorship, especially in the spring. Uh, sc- you know, school tours are really starting to crank up for the spring. Uh, overnights, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, church groups that stay overnight on the ship, that's a big part. Uh, the tour boats uh, mm-hmm. bring in lots of visitors, uh, and, and those people are from everywhere. And we're getting more of these river cruises sure. in Baton Rouge, right? Yeah. As I understand there's a possibility of even another uh, line coming in, so that that's wonderful for us one for everybody
2: yeah Uh, Michael what are the numbers like for the for the Raisin Cane River Center how many shows do y'all do a year how many people Mm -hmm. do y'all bring to the center it's
1: approximately 350 events a year Mm at the River Center and uh, that accounts to about 400,000 just over 400,000 people who pass through our doors
2: Wow now um, we passed a tax uh, mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, or yeah. a year and a half ago,
1: just last December. Just last December. 8th, December. Actually. Okay, so one
2: <laughs> of the times, but but that was to in part fund specific improvements to the River Center. Plus, you have a little mm-hmm. bit of the naming rights revenue. What are y'all looking to fix up, and how important is it to bring a 1977 era facility into the 21st century?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot happening with that. For you know, kind of backing up a step, there already in progress is a refurbishment of the Performing Arts Theater. So it's an $18.1 million refurbishment. The theater will go dark this July 1st, and it's going to take probably 16 to 18 months to get that facility done. And then it's going to be, you know, again, the most beautiful, best theater for performing arts in the capital area. So we're excited from that. Separate from that, the hotel tax that just passed. Those revenues... Uh, Our hope is to bond that for improvements to the arena.
2: And and do you actually book shows and conventions yourself or your sales staff does that?
1: I, uh, uh, I have a salesperson, Rhonda Ruffino, who's my director of sales and marketing. And between Rhonda and I, we pretty much do all of the booking.
2: But there's a lot of competition out there. And you've got New Orleans right down the road, which has convention facilities and huge hotels with huge meeting and convention spaces.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, I would say people are always looking for a reason or excuse to to head down to New Orleans for the weekend. If a a band plays in New Orleans, they're not going to play in Baton Rouge in the same year, typically. But we may get them the, the next year. Um, so that's that's kind of the way that booking cycle goes. But I will say, Baton Rouge has something really great going it on the convention side. And that is we have six and soon to be seven hotels within walking distance to the River Center, to the main complex. So for people coming in from out of town, they want to take in a little bit of the Southern culture, Uh, Some of the food and and, and the friendly people that we have here, they can just get the transfer from the hotel to the the, from the airport to the hotel. Mm -hmm. They don't have to rent a car and drive someplace. They can literally walk to the River Center.
2: And and one of those attractions, for instance, David is the kid. Do you all work together? Are there synergies between? The River Center and the KID or between you two where you're able to, you know, capitalize on what each other has to help each
3: other out? Well, we try to, whenever possible, to sort of cross-promote each other. We don't you know, have official partnerships, as it were, but, you know, the uh, you know, the River Center, they, they keep material about what's going on at the KID. Uh, they promote to their guests what's going on. Uh, we can even work with them to develop some uh, some packages, some discounts, if they have a special group in town, like the bowlers that were here. Um, yeah, I was going
1: to say that was probably the best example. Yeah.
3: David, what
2: are the numbers like for for the kid? Um, Where does your money come from? I mean, do you all get any grants? Do you get any help from the federal government being uh, like a decommissioned former vessel or no? No, we
3: get get no state money, even though we are an unfunded state agency. Uh, The city gives us a, a grant, as they do the other cultural institutions in the city every year. Uh, it's most probably not the, very much. Most of our funds are generated by, you know, we self-generate. Okay. Uh, through ticket sales, gift shops, you know, the overnight, um, grants, whenever we can get them. And just fundraising. And just fundraising. And, and but of course, we're weak on fundraising. Historically, we never did, and, and it's time we, we do that. And uh, it, it's time that we stepped out, you know, sort of the shadows in the sort of the giving community uh, in Baton Rouge and become uh, an entity, you know, worth, um, you know, supporting. By the Absolutely, philanthropic community. because
2: it is such a, you know, such a unique attraction, such an asset in the community. Are you good at fundraising? I mean, um, is this in your wheelhouse?
3: Well, you know, I, I've been told that that, uh, that I have an ability to uh, to uh, inspire people about, you know, a project. I can kind of draw people in and get them excited about a project. Uh, having I've never really had the opportunity to try and raise a lot of money, but we are hoping that that's going to be in the future of the kid because the kid, it's a 30-year-old facility. It's wholly inadequate uh, for it's even its current use. Uh, future growth is out of the question with the facility. We need to look at where we need to go, yeah. and of course that would involve raising money, and I'm hoping that we can get the word out and engage the community enough that uh, that we will be able to, uh, to set a goal and, and meet that goal so that the kid can become... You know, and remain a, uh, an asset, a cultural asset to downtown. Absolutely. Battery. Now,
2: one of the big things for the kid this year is is a movie that Tom Hanks is making. There, going to utilize the the vessel. How does that help? And and um, mm-hmm. what are the logistics behind that? Do y'all have to shut down while they're filming a movie there? Well, and-
3: we, we're really happy that uh, that Hollywood has has uh, become aware of us because you know, we are the best preserved World War II warship on the planet actually. Really? The, kid the best na- preserved? The, the, well, it's in, in its World War II configuration. So many warships of that era you know, were retrofit, modernized, things like that. So okay. that, you, know, you look at the kid, its profile, its armaments, its navigation, everything is just like at the end of World War II. Wow. And so that makes us ideal for, for films of that era. So, so we're you're working with the uh, Baton Rouge Film Commission, you know, we are hoping that uh, that more attention will be drawn uh, to the USS Kidd as a site for filming.
2: Yeah, and so when they come, I mean, do they shut it down and, and actually get on board and they, you
3: know? Sure, we, we have we have to shut down because obviously when when you know filming is going on, you can't have tourists on board. You right. can't have the extra noise. Uh, there are all kinds of cables, all kinds of things going on. Uh, you know, we we've been down this road before. We've had a number of films. Uh, made using the ship, yeah, you know, but not really um, focusing so much on the outside. Lots of interiors yeah. the ship. Yeah.
2: And does it make a lot of money for y'all? Uh,
3: we're, we're we're hoping it has it, made it has made, some, <laughs> it has made some, you know some money in the past, and uh, and and of course you know, we we lose revenue by being you know, closed. closed down by yeah, like so that. it's a. So, storm. Storm. So, of course, we need to be compensated. Right. Well,
2: I'm Stephanie Regal. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm talking to David Beard of the USS Kid and Michael Day of the Raising Cane's River Center. Let's switch gears for a moment away from business, and this is a part of the show we call Another Great Idea. So maybe you've got a friend who's always got a great idea for you, tells you about a job to apply for, or someone you should have a cup of coffee with, or an investment opportunity you should jump on, and maybe you take this advice and it turns out, well, maybe it doesn't turn out so well, maybe you don't take the advice and wish you had. Can you think of a situation like this? And, and did you take the advice or not? And how did it turn out for you? Michael? Uh, okay,
1: <laughs> that's a big question. Uh, business advice or just in? In general, uh, life, let's in, see. In
2: life advice.
1: Well, you know, uh, uh, the, the one thing that comes to mind is, I remember when I was when I was moving here to Baton Rouge from South Florida, and I had a, an old friend of mine who was a p- performer. Very successful businessman, it um, has uh, three patents and is very successful. But he he plays guitar and he he tells old <coughs> stories. So he's a humorist, not as not a stand-up comic, but a humorist. And he plays his guitar and he dress dresses kind of fancy. And <laughs> but been very successful. And I, I really appreciate his advice. And when I said I was going to Baton Rouge, and he said, Well, you know, I, I you, what you really should do is rent a house for a year and get to know the area and all that before you buy a house. Well, okay. So when we came here, my, my wife and I found a house. We really fell in love with without a gravestone. And we didn't want to pay all a bunch of money into rent and lose that. We wanted to, you know, maintain that sure. money. So we, and I said, you know, I said, hey, baby, you know, that's we had a presidential election coming up in a year. The market's going to go way down. Let's put our money into real estate. Let's take all the money, the extra money we made in Florida, and let's put a bigger down payment on the house. This will be smart, honey. And I'm still eating those words. Yes, because we oh. were flooded out. Oh, and, that's uh, right. You were. Yeah. Are. So uh, that, that advice I should have taken.
2: Oh, wow. Yes. Good story. Yeah. Good story. But unfortunate outcome. <laughs> Maybe somehow it'll all come out so. happy in the end. David?
3: Well this, this is, a, is, is a very personal sort of advice and it didn't come from a person. Uh, it came from a, a bigger entity. Uh, you know, like many people, you know I met my wife through match.com. interestingly enough. really. And you know they, they, they offer you all kinds of different people you know, <laughs> that you're, you're, you're cruising through there and just go and look at this person, look at this person, look at that person. And so you know, after many interesting encounters with people, um, I was I, I came upon a profile and it was on there and it was an attractive woman, seemed to have a really eclectic uh, sort of a profile, you know, interesting, um, you know, similarities and, and some things that I just found fascinating and yeah, you know, I, so I read it off so and it's interesting and, and, and the, the program has something that says, see others like this. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know how we all, mm-hmm. you know, the, the grass is always greener or, green or something. Of course, I'd never, never met this person, and it, I clicked on it, and it said, so there are no others like this.
2: Wow. You know, she, is
3: one, she is one in a million.
2: That's wow. amazing. And
3: so I, saw, I took that as advice that I should contact <laughs> yes. this person, and, and I did. Now, That's in great. all fairness, she had just signed up. Okay. And, and her her stuff had not gone through the, the system to where it could match her up, and so I tried to to remind her of this so she doesn't get a big head. But <laughs> but it worked out well. And, and, well, congratulations. And uh, I, I, I took the advice of Match.com. And, and
2: Match.com hadn't been around
3: that that long. So
2: how many years have you been married now?
3: We've been married for a little over nine years now. Excellent, wow. excellent.
2: Yeah. You know I know two other very happy couples that met on Match.com, mm-hmm. so it can work. Yeah, sure. yeah.
3: It's a good commercial for them. <laughs> I'll be expecting a check,
2: Michael. You um, mentioned your house had flooded. I, I know. In that same flood, you all were both affected. Your, you know, professionally, the River Center became. A shelter yep. for a number of weeks and then I think the kid even had to close down just because mm-hmm. there was so much activity around there and I guess this happens from time to time but what does well, that do when you have that sort one, of business Once interruption? every thousand
1: years is what we're, we're hoping <laughs> that Let's they're hope, right about that because yeah, like, there that. that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity but the next thousand-year flood <laughs> I'm gonna nail it because I got it <laughs> yeah. But y'all did okay. Yeah well you know we got evacuated three times <clears throat> and then we uh, and then I ended up running uh, an evacuation out in Livingston Parish until I could get myself out. No kidding. And then once I got down to the River Center, I, you know, wasn't, wasn't leaving very quickly. Uh, so we, because we became the Red Cross's largest shelter in the state at that time. And uh, the difficult part for downtown was that was you know 35 days. As a shelter, plus a little more time on either end, that you know, they had to completely close down River Road, which really hurt the kid and LASM. Um, and so it was a it was a difficult, challenging time for, for all of us, but we we got through it. And uh, you know the 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 again, you know my wife uh, and I uh, when when we talk about it, we got to kind of hold back tears a little bit because you know the the people who came out to help us, we were pretty new in town, and yeah. it's just that we will never forget. The uh, generosity and great hearts that people around Louisiana had. Mm -hmm. You know, people, I didn't even know these people coming to my door and uh, what was left of the door (laughs) and, you know, bringing us food and saying, you guys need to take a break. Sit down, eat this. You you know, and and I don't even know, I still don't know who they were, but there were many people who came and just... Whatever you needed, they were going to help you, and, and it's really a great. That testament is nice to, to hear. And
2: David, were you here for that?
3: Uh, no, you it, it, weren't it, here yet. It's really interesting. It uh, your, your
2: predecessor had to deal with the kid being shut down. She
3: did, yes. And so I, I missed all that. And, and uh, the uh, the neighborhood where we, where we moved into actually did flood, but the houses are all built up on piers, so our, the home that we bought it you know, was not actually physically flooded. But it's interesting that the house that we left in Texas when we moved here got flooded during hurricane oh, no. harvey so mm-hmm. we we dodged hazards of life bullets. on the gulf coast yes. No Mr. question. I was.
2: you <laughs> mentioned uh, river road and, and downtown and so much has gone on there in, in the past decade certainly i mean you've seen so much revitalization and almost seven hotels now as you mentioned do we have too many hotel rooms is it enough hotel rooms will seven get us where we need to be i hear mixed things you know and i know our occupancy rates market-wide or somewhere in the seventy percent range which is not bad i don't know what the downtown subsector is but do we have the the hotel rooms that we need and is that good for y'all or
1: you know from my opinion i think we're you know right in the pocket right now um, Mm -hmm. for the you know the size of our convention center um, you know, what we what we need to, I think, uh, address next is just the traffic and parking situation, getting people in and getting people out. Uh, but in terms of the number of hotel rooms for the events we're bringing in, um, you know, it, it's, it's working right now. And I know that Visit Baton Rouge and Paul Arrigo and his fantastic team that he has there. They're working to build up events and to bring bigger conventions and, and groups here. Mm-hmm. Um, but those events aren't just just going to be downtown. It's going to be really throughout the parish.
2: Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And and I know a lot of times we put so much attention on downtown, and then you get pushbacks from other segments of the community who say, why are we focusing so much on downtown? North Baton Rouge complains, Southeast part of mm-hmm. the parish complains. Do y'all think that's warranted? I mean, it's too is to professionals who run institutions that are downtown.
3: Well, you know, without a, a really a vibrant core, you know, most cities do, do not thrive. And one of the things that attracted me to come to Baton Rouge, of other options that were available to me, is that I saw what was happening downtown that was transforming from what I had seen in the early 90s, last time I was here. the the The, the museums, the hotels, the revitalization, the riverfront, all these things are, are are life, and and out of this core, you know, flows other, you know, your life to the rest of the city. So, you, you, I understand that there are only so many funds to go around, but you try and look at the way they're expended, and you you hope that you know, based on other models, that a healthy downtown will generate a uh, uh, a broader economic impact on the on the on the area. Yeah, good point.
1: and and, you know the 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 events that we bring downtown have a very positive economic impact on the whole area Um, and i still you know when you think about a a city to go to you know baton rouge is right on the banks of the mississippi this is the real heartbeat of america Mm -hmm. you got the state capital you have great tourist sites i mean the kid is unusual i mean you don't see that kind of in other cities and if you're a world war ii fan You know, you got the World War II Museum down in New Orleans, but you got the real deal in the water. they don't even have
2: the boat, right. They don't have the ship.
1: And and, and people who are listening, if there's ever, you want a great time, go down at sunset, bring something to drink, and go for a walk in the levee. With the river up, it looks like the kid is sailing right now. (laughs) It's fantastic.
3: It, It is. There is so much water out there. Because you know, half of the year, the kid just sits there in her cradle. Right. Yeah. There, there are times when there are fields of flowers growing yeah, around her. the kid. And, and and now she looks like she should. She's floating. She's proud. She's in the water. Uh, it, it's just a fantastic sight. It's so, a beautiful so, sight. Like, like Michael said, see it while you can, because later in the summer, it's all going to go away.
2: Y'all are both from away and spent many years living elsewhere. Do you like Baton Rouge, and, and are you staying
1: I, my, as I said before, my wife and I are just so touched by the people here. We really love uh, the generosity and the spirit. You know, I love the Louisianians. You know, they're just looking for a reason or excuse to have some food and some live music and have a party. You know, there's there's so many festivals and things going on downtown it's just a fun place to be
2: this
3: is true it's interesting you, you described it as being from away when I lived in Charleston South Carolina they told me I was from off oh. <laughs> you know, I was from off the peninsula that was that was an alien but here but here you know I, I Baton Rouge is I might have said there, there's just so much going on you know the food the culture uh you know the climate can be kind of kind of questionable at times uh you know springtime is beautiful down here it's so nice and and, uh, you know, I've been all over the country. I've lived in 12 states, and uh, every every place has its own unique attractions, and, and, and we have, you know, found ways to enjoy living here. Well,
2: David Beard and Michael Day, you all have both brought a lot of energy and fresh ideas to two of downtown's beloved attractions, and we're lucky to have you all in the community. So thank you both for being here today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, and thank
1: you for an outstanding lunch. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. The crab was great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Michael Day, General Manager of the Raising Canes River Center, and David Beard, Executive Director of the USS Kidd Veterans Museum. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Murrell. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. Photos were taken by Carrie Hoffsford, You can find more of Carrie's photos on CarrieHofsford.com and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. You can hear the show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. joneswalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. And by Shewerton Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.